Hey, this is Zach from Vernacular Podcast. Today we have something special for you. Instead of having our own episode of Vernacular, we are going to be placing on this feed the most recent episode of The Popcast, which is the newest show in the Vernacular Podcast Network. It's hosted by Josh and Maureen Goldman. We've talked about it before, but we have not shown you what an episode is like. So if you want to hear that, just stick around on this feed. And if you like what you hear, you can head to The Popcast after this. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe for more. All right, enjoy Josh and Maureen. We're going to have them on the show shortly uh, in the next couple weeks or so to run them through a lightning round and have them introduce themselves to you guys. So until then, enjoy The Popcast, episode three. Hello, welcome to episode three of The Popcast, the new pop culture podcast from Vernacular. I'm your host, Josh Goldman. Each week, we will dive into the latest in pop culture to bring you up to speed with what's going on in the world of entertainment with our three regular segments. The Snack Bag, where we will cover some smaller stories from the past week. The Marquee Topic, where we will dive in-depth into one pop culture story or event. And finally, The Teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture you might have missed, but should definitely check out. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host and lovely wife, Maureen. Maureen, how are you? I am doing great. How are you? I am good. So we are recording a day later than normal this time. We had some stuff going on last night to take care of around the house. So yeah, Josh we're... makes it sound like it's like unusual. We have like piles of clean laundry everywhere and more dishes than three people should reasonably be creating. But that's well, life. Well, and our cat uses two dishes. No, Oliver doesn't. He does. Yeah, but we don't even wash them very often. We don't. Poor, Poor cat. Guy. Yeah, that's true. So we do have, well, you know, piles of clean laundry are better than piles of dirty laundry. We yeah. have those too. <laughs> does, does anyone just do laundry and then leave the pile of clean clothes and then every day come and be like, oh, what should I wear today? And pick it out of the pile of unfolded clean laundry. Yeah, you end up wearing the same clothes over and over again because it's only from the same pile. You just wash the same clothes over and over. But they're clean. I went through our laundry basket today and found clothes I hadn't seen in a month. So there's that. Yeah. Okay, so we have a little bit of follow-up from last week because last week we talked about The Incredibles 2 and their amazing opening weekend at the box office. And Maureen made the revelation that she had never seen the first Incredibles. So we actually watched it last Friday evening. Maureen, what were your thoughts on The Incredibles? I really liked it. I mean, there's nothing better than make your own pizza and movie night on a Friday. So all in all, it was a delightful evening. Um, I really liked The Incredibles. I thought it was very cute. I don't need to watch it again. I don't need to see the new one in theaters. But when the new one comes to Redbox, I'm going to be all about it. I thought it was I thought it was very cute, very funny, like very lighthearted. I think we'll 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 cover this in another podcast later down the road, um, talking about Pixar movies in general. But just your brief take. Where does this rank for you in terms of Pixar movies? Hmm. So there have been about 20. Tw- what? Yes, there have been 20 since Toy Story came out in 1995. I like Toy Story. What are, what are, what are some of the popular ones? Toy Story, you have Finding Nemo, WALL-E, you have Up, A Bug's Life. Don't forget about that one. I do love A Bug's Life. My little sister watched well, that we, we, incessantly. We well, I could quote you A Bug's Life. You we don't have it. to go you into- fired. You fired. We don't have to go into all of them right now, but just sort of generally, does it fall towards the top, the middle, the bottom? I'd say solid middle. Very solid enjoyable, middle. but I'm not, I'm not going to be like watching it every day. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the snack bag. Maureen, I'll let you kick it off this week. Yes. Snack bag. Okay. First and foremost, 
We want to give a healthy welcome to Little Crew Gaines. So Chip and Joanna Gaines of Fixer Upper Fame on HGTV had a little baby. They already have four kids, and this is their little surprise one. Joanna's 39, I think. She looks like she's 20, so she's just stunningly beautiful. Um, but yeah, so they had a little baby, and they announced his name, which we, I was going to say we, which I think is super weird. <laughs> but the baby's cute, and the baby's healthy, and Joanna's healthy, and, you know, we wish them all the best, but the name is just really weird, which then made us start talking about celebrities naming their babies weird things. Yeah, because crew is a strange name. I mean, it's not a it's not a typical name. Well, also, because they have four kids. They have two boys and two girls, and their boys, so their, their kids are Duke and Drake are the boys, and the girls are Emmy and Ella. So it's like very like, you know, matchy matchy. And so I was thinking for sure a D name. My money was on the name Dean, Duke, Drake, Dean, you know, like monosyllabic, cool, kind of like edgy boy names. Anyway, but they went with Crew, which I just don't understand. It's a perfectly fine name. I, that baby is going to be so loved, but super weird name. So then Joshua started talking about um, other names that were weird from celebrities. I think Kanye and Kim Kardashians are the weirdest. North, Saint, and Chicago. We, we've played this game before, but if you had to pick one of those three names, which one would you pick? That's tough. I think I'd have to go with Saint. I just feel like it's the most... Saint Goldman. <laughs> okay, it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily work with our last name. I don't know. That's tough. That one's... For these three, it's really tough. Apparently, though, Kim Kardashian wanted to name their third child something rather normal, but she told this convoluted story about how Kanye ended up convincing her to name the child Chicago because Chicago is what made him into the person he was. That sounds very Kanye to me, but yeah, well, that's how they ended up with names, Chicago. I would pick Chicago because I would abbreviate it C-H-I and I'd go by like shy. Shy, yeah. yeah. I think that that's what they're planning to do. Some of the other ones I found that are really interesting and super weird, uh, Julia Stiles has... A child named Strummer. Did you say has a child because you don't remember if it's I a don't. boy or a girl? I don't. Yeah, I, and you can't tell from the name. Tricky, tricky. I did. I you you picked up on that. Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, obviously. Apple. She was like yeah. one of the first weird names that I can remember. That maybe was in this sort of social media world. But yeah, one of their kids' names is Apple. Moses is not that weird. Yeah, that's they also an actual have a, name. They also have a son named Moses. Not I mean, as weird. very biblical, but it's like a a. It's not name. super weird. It's yeah. not like a noun. And then. Beyonce and Jay-Z named their new twins Sir and Rumi, and Rumi's named after a poet, and the boy's name is Sir, and it's because Jay-Z said he looked like a man when he came out, so he wanted to greet him with Sir. That's so weird to me. And then the last one I found, there's so many out there if you want to do some quick reading, but the last one I saw that I thought was really weird was, and this is not just unique to this person Kate Winslet has a son named Bear as in the animal and I've actually seen I can't remember who it was but another celebrity has named their child Bear it's just weird it's a that's a that's a that's an animal yeah I don't think we'll be having any children named Bear in the future yeah but. we're gonna we're gonna avoid strange names for any future children we might have okay so let's move on to our second snack bag topic this one's kind of sad um Johnny Depp, one of the best actors of our of our time, really, has been in the news recently. He did a a Rolling Stone profile with a writer named Stephen Roderick, 
and this this writer spent 72 hours with him in his London home. The article is really fascinating. It's a it's a pretty long read, but Johnny Depp is just totally unfiltered in the interview, and it turns out that his publicist didn't know he was going to do this interview and had... I thought it was set up by his lawyer. It was set up by his lawyer, but his publicist oh, didn't know. Oh, you never go around your publicist. Yeah, and so... No, 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 no. So there's been a lot of stuff written about this article. So there's also a good Variety article that sort of wraps up some of the big takeaways. There are a couple I wanted to talk about here. The first is that he is not shy at all about his drinking and his drug use. And I don't know, when you're that famous and wealthy, I guess you can just do whatever you want without any repercussions. What do you think about that? I mean, I think he can certainly do whatever he wants. I don't know that there's no repercussions. My take on it, and I have to say, I did not read the full Rolling Stone article. I read the summary in Variety because, you know, work and children and said piles of laundry, which we'll ignore. But I found the summary piece kind of sad. Like, to me, I just... I mean, Johnny Depp is incredibly talented. There are many movies, you know, Chocolat and Pirates of the Caribbean are the first two that come to mind. Edward Scissorhands. I mean, like, he's done so much stuff, and he is such a talent. Oh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? How could I forget that one with my love, Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, so to me, and here's the thing. If Johnny Depp was doing all of this and was drinking and smoking and was wildly happy and content, then I think I'd probably be like, whatever works for you, man. But... You know, reading the summary piece to me was just really kind of sad because it seems like he's really struggling as a person. And that – I don't know that the drinking and the drugs are necessarily helping that. Um, certainly not for me to say, but my take on it was just kind of like I feel a little bad for Johnny Depp right now. And it's a little sad to me that he did something this public and this open because – it's exposing him in a way that people who don't know him will be kind of passing judgment. Yeah, yeah, passing judgment. And that to me is just if he is struggling and if he is sad, it's just it just saddens me. Yeah, there were a couple points in the article where it pointed out that he still is upset about his good friend River Phoenix's death in the early nineties. He was apparently really close with Tom Petty, so when Tom Petty died last year that weighed on him heavily. The other piece that I want to touch on here that's a little bit more lighthearted in terms of this whole story, but Maureen and I have done a fair amount of acting in the past, and there was this point in the article where he admitted to using an earpiece yeah, this was to amazing. get his to get his lines <laughs> in when he when he's shooting films. And he says something like, Well, it doesn't matter about the lines, like I'm acting with my eyes. Yeah, he said that the, the eyes are the most important thing. And I just thought that was so weird. I can't imagine being such at such a high level and phoning it in that way, just needing to have someone on your payroll who reads your lines through an earpiece while you act. Kind of a cool job, though. Like, I'd like to be the person who's like, Johnny, your next line is, oh, I'm a pirate, or whatever it may be. Is that a line from Pirates of the Caribbean? No, I don't think so. What if that was a line? Oh, I'm a pirate. I don't think the movie would have done very well if that was one of the lines. Well, I'm not a screenwriter, so. All right, so let's move on to our third snack bag topic. Yeah, Josh, I'm going to let you take this one because this was one that you brought up. But So I think everyone is probably aware of the controversy around Roseanne, um, the TV show Roseanne, 
starring Roseanne Barr, she made an incredibly racist and insensitive comment on social media, and they took it off the air because the network did not want to be associated with that, and rightfully so. But the show's coming back without her. So the Connors are moving forward on ABC. And what do you think? Can this work, Josh? So, I mean, it was a, you know, it was a very popular show when it first came out. It was obviously very, very popular when it came back on the air this past year. I don't know if this can work super effectively. I tried to find some other examples where this happened, where they where the show lost their their lead star. And the two that I found that probably most resemble this, the one the one in particular most resembles this is Two and a Half Men when Charlie Sheen oh, sort yeah. of Who they replaced him with Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> yeah, they sort of like made this whole new plot where Ashton Kutcher's character came in and Charlie Sheen's character went out. And I think the show ran for a couple more seasons, but after that initial bump where people were just really excited to see what they were going to do and how they were going to handle this exit of one of the stars, I think that the ratings sort of fell off from there. It was always a very popular show. Yeah, I just don't think it worked as well. And the other example is The Office, and Steve Carell was sort of the centerpiece of that show for the first six seasons, I think. And then he decided to leave. There was really no controversy behind his exit. He just wanted to go and pursue a career in film. But they tried for a little while to replace him with another famous person. They brought Will Ferrell in for for a little bit. They brought in Idris Elba for a little bit. And it just never quite had the same rhythm after he left. So I'll be curious to see if this Roseanne without Roseanne the Connors, as they're calling it for now, works. Yeah, so my take on this is that I think the Connors are going to be just fine without Roseanne because you have Laurie Metcalf and John Goodman. They are two incredible actors. I mean, everyone in the cast is good, but those two in particular have had incredible film and TV careers, and Laurie Metcalf in particular has been on an incredible run the past year two years years. she's been nominated for oscars she won a tony she won two tonys two tonys um she's an incredible actress so people may have seen her most recently on the big screen in ladybird um playing the mom in that and i just think i think two things i think one there's really high caliber actors who are still going to be on that show and there's a lot that the writers can do with that and i think that i really support the network because we can't have people who are behaving badly in the mainstream media. And so I think it will be a transition for them, obviously, and it will be an evolution for the show. But I stand behind the network and saying, Roseanne, you can't behave like that. You're an adult, and that's that's not good behavior. So I think it's going to be good, and I think people will, will support the show and continue to watch it. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do. I think for the writers, this will be a really fun challenge. Well said. Okay, so let's transition to our marquee topic for this week, celebrity commencement speeches. Since we are just wrapping up the graduation season, we're starting to see YouTube videos of celebrities and pop culture icons delivering commencement speeches. This year, some of the highlights included Mindy Kaling at Dartmouth, Jimmy Fallon at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, and Chadwick Boseman at Howard University, among many, many, many others. So let's talk about celebrity commencement speeches. Typically, commencement speeches are given by prominent alumni from the school. Maureen, you went to Northwestern. Yes, go Cats. One of the alumnus who recently gave a commencement speech a couple years ago was Stephen Colbert, host of The Late Show on CBS. 
And I went to William and Mary, and one of our most famous alumnus was John Stewart, who gave the commencement speech in 2004, which, as a side note, is a pretty amazing speech. If you haven't seen it, check it out on YouTube. We'll link it in the show notes. Unfortunately, Maureen and I had pretty terrible commencement speakers at our respective graduations. Maureen, do you want to tell us this story you've told me a couple times about the speaker? Yes, it was so sad. So we were the 150th 150 commencement, and that was kind of a big deal. And we had, oh, I'm not even going to remember this correctly, but it was like, I think the mayor of Chicago at the time, whose name I don't even remember, couldn't tell you if you paid me a million dollars. And the entire time, he spoke about his basically like running for re-election and his platform, and he kept calling us the 115th commencement. It was so lame. It was just like such a like missed opportunity, and I still to this day do not understand why the university chose him, but it was not good. And my graduation speaker was a person named Christina Romer, who at the time was an economic advisor to President Obama, and Similarly to Maureen's speaker, she spent most of the speech talking about her economic policies and how she was going to fix the economy and what she was doing with the president. It was totally uninteresting. She really didn't do the typical thing of giving advice or really imparting any wisdom whatsoever. It was awful. Josh, who else spoke at your graduation? I also was the student commencement speaker. Yeah. What was really funny about that was that we had a dinner the night before where the actual commencement speaker, Miss Romer, uh, spoke there as well. And she basically said exactly what she was going to say the next day. So I had an idea. So I rewrote the beginning of my speech to sort of tie in with what she was saying. And I made a I made a joke at her expense and it got a pretty big laugh. So that was <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, that was a big boost at the beginning of my speech. But I I could have said really anything up there. I could have talked about celery and people would have thought it was great compared to what she said. So so I know ours were bad, but were there any from this year that stood out to you as being better? Yeah, there were a lot of celebrity ones like we talked about. And the one that stood out to me that I really liked, Maureen and I listened to, watched a bunch of these in preparation for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And one that stood out to me was from Sterling K. Brown, who is one of the stars of NBC's This Is Us. He plays Randall on the show, and he's an amazing actor, and he was he's an alumnus of Stanford University where he gave this commencement speech, and I want to read a little quote from his speech and then tell you why I think it's so important. So he said, don't worry about anyone else's light. Don't try to compare yours to anyone else's. If you found that thing, that purpose in life that gives you access to maximum enthusiasm, trust that. I'm not talking about a job. I'm not even talking about a career. I'm talking about a calling. Take your light and show us the way. I think what really stood out to me about this this piece of his commencement speech was that so often in our society, I feel like we're comparing ourselves to other people, whether it's in reading about celebrities or reading even blogs of everyday people or looking on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you're comparing yourself to these other people. And I think that's ultimately really harmful I found this really inspiring. And the way that he delivers it, we'll link this clip in the show notes, so you should check it out yourself. He does a much better job of saying it than I did. But I just think it's so important for us to realize, be your own person and do your own thing. And this was actually a theme that was that was uh, pretty common across a couple speeches. I just have to say, like, I think the, the thing about graduation speeches is that 
different things will resonate with different people. But I have a very different reaction to that quote. So nothing against Sterling K. Brown, but to me, like that quote, and I didn't listen to his whole speech, but that particular quote makes me feel a lot of pressure. Like now, as a 10-year-out-of-school person, I can't imagine how I would have felt when I was, you know, sitting at commencement. But to me, it's like, oh, my gosh, what is my calling? What is my purpose? If I don't know what it is and and if I'm not doing something that's like changing the world, am I doing something that's of value? So I don't know. I think that's the, the catch-22 for me with the graduation speeches because I have to say that I brought this up to Josh because – one of the financial websites I read actually had talked about Mindy Kaling's speech, and and so I read it online, and hers was really funny. So if you want to, to laugh and, like, you know, it's very timely. But it didn't necessarily, like, shake the ground for me. Like, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to go out and change the world. It was very funny. Her comedic timing is on point. But I was kind of thinking to myself, like, I don't know, what's the point of these graduation speeches, right? Like, people are coming out with degrees, and – I loved college. I had an amazing, amazing experience. But I don't – I think I learned more in my first job than I did at school about how to exist in the real world and in the workforce. And I think that some of this more flowery language can be a little hard when you, like, get to your first desk job and you're, like, plugging away and not feeling fulfilled and not feeling like you're, like, letting your light shine. Like, sometimes you just need health benefits. So Maureen, before we go back to your favorite speeches, I want to touch on something that you just said, which actually stood out to me as well, which is that, you know, we were both sort of removed from college. And and one of the things about these speeches is that they tend to be glass half full. They tend to be really inspirational and they tend to be these things that they want you to aspire to something. And they, you know, there's a lot of rah-rah language in them. But if we have to have these commencement speeches, like they're not going anywhere. They're kind of a staple at most schools. Do you think that having a celebrity or a comedian or a pop culture icon coming in, is that the best option? I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're a bad option because let's harken back to our graduation speakers who were not celebrities and were awful. I mean, at a certain point, what is the point of a graduation speaker? The goal is to entertain the audience and to impart some wisdom. So in that argument, I would say celebrities are perfect. I don't know. I think that they definitely have value. And look, Sterling K. Brown's quote probably resonated with hundreds or thousands of people who, like, they'll use that as a motivating factor. Like, well, it resonated just... to me, and I'm not even in college anymore. Right, exactly. So that's the thing, I think, that these speeches can resonate with people differently, and you need, like, a lot of different messages to kind of hit a variety of different people. Two speeches that stood out to me this year that I did like – um, or that I liked aspects of. Um, the first one, and I don't think you can classify him as pop culture because he's from the business world, but Hamdi Ulukaya, who's the CEO of Chobani, he spoke to the MBA graduates at Wharton School. Delicious yogurt. Yes, delicious yogurt. So Wharton at University of Pennsylvania. And he, I mean, he said in his speech he doesn't even have an MBA, which I loved that he was the one kind of congratulating them or congratulating, I guess congratulating and, you know, motivating and giving them this speech. Did he get an honorary degree? Yes, he got an honorary degree. Hilarious. I love when these people get honorary It was like degrees. the highest honorary degree that they could get. That's so great. But his speech, I mean, he seemed very down to earth and like a man who was willing to work hard to make things come true. 
The thing that I liked most about what he was saying was this theme about treating other people as other people and really recognizing. So one of the things that I believe in life is that the best and most important thing that we can do with our lives is to show up for other people. And when I say show up, I mean it's cooking dinner for your family or it's going to work to help provide for your family or it's changing your baby's diaper when you really don't want to or it's listening to a friend who just went through a hard time and letting them vent or it's calling someone on their birth. It's like the, the things that you can – going to somebody's wedding, being at a baptism, the, these moments in life – when you are saying, I care about you as a human and I'm going to show up, I'm going to be present for you. There's many different ways that you can do that. But his speech kind of touched on that, which I really liked. He he challenged the graduates not to act like they had an MBA. He said, don't let it get in the way of seeing people as people and all they have to offer regardless of their title or position, which I really liked. Um, and he also talked about, you know, in business class, this is a little more kitschy, but I really liked it. He talked about in business, you learn about ROI, return on investment. And he said you should also know about ROK, return on kindness, because with ROK, you can immediately see results. And I just think in today's climate, we need more good people in the world. The next thing I was going to say is what, and be honest, and that was um, something that Oprah Winfrey really hit on in her speech, which was at University of Southern California's Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism. And... So this is one, again, I'm like, you know, doing research for this podcast. I'm like, fine, I'll listen to Oprah's because it's Oprah and she's amazing, but I really don't want to listen to any more speeches. And a true pop culture icon. Yes. She's, I mean, Oprah. She's fierce. So at the beginning of the speech, I was kind of like, you know, tuned out. I was doing dishes and cooking dinner and kind of listening. But there were certain things she said that made me stop and really think about how much I agreed with her and how I hope that all of these people graduating will really take this to heart because if more people are doing this, the world would be better. And she was basically talking about the value of truth. And this was a communications and journalism school. And she was talking about the value of truth and reporting on the truth. She challenged them to challenge the right, challenge the left, challenge the center, and to be honest in what they're doing and in what they're reporting. And I just really think that that is what we need. We need people that are willing to not for sensationalism and not to get a headline, but really just to be honest and have values. And the other thing she talked about was um, the difference between something that's legal and something that's moral. Because in legalities, there's a lot of loopholes and something could be legal, but not be the best thing to do for yourself or for someone else or for greater humanity. So I think having morals and having that strong moral code was something that I really appreciated it in the speech because it not only applies to recent graduates entering the workforce or, you know, changing career paths or whatever they're doing, but it applies to everyone, whether you work inside the home, outside the home, you're retired, you're getting gas at the gas station, whatever. Um, and lastly, my main girl, Oprah, she said, your job will not always fulfill you. Do it anyway. Keep pushing and challenging yourself. And that's me paraphrasing. But I just really appreciated hearing that because I have a job that I really like, but there are days when I don't want to go to work because I'm human. And it's just important to remember that you are not your job. You do good work and you do good things, but life is a little bit hard sometimes. And I think that's what I want to hear more of in graduation speeches. So, so let me ask you this, Josh. If you had to give a commencement speech... Tonight. I did give a commencement speech. I know. Speech. Okay, okay, okay. You had to give another one. 
where you know what you know now, however many years out of college, if you what would what would be like one thing that you would want to share with people? That's a good question. I think probably what I would want to share is similar to what Sterling K. Brown said and also similar to what Oprah said in her speech. I listened to the same speech and what I took from that, which was totally different than what you took. She also had an anecdote about how don't be like other people. Don't try to be someone else. And she talked about how when she was first starting out in the business, she tried to be like Barbara Walters and it didn't work. And when she finally cracked that, she was able to be Oprah, the Oprah we all know and love now. So I think that that's something that I would impart to people, this idea that be yourself because you're the only one of you here. That's another thing Oprah said. You're the only you on this planet of 7 billion people. I think that's so important to remember because I think when you start thinking about it that way, you start respecting other people as well because you think I'm the only me, but they're the only them. And so if I don't respect that, there's something wrong there. I like that. I think if I had to give advice or in what I would say in my commencement speech, I think that I would focus on the day-to-day minutiae and the things that don't feel like they're changing the world. Because there are a lot of those things that we all do every single day and we will do every single day for the rest of our lives. And no, they're not changing the world, but that doesn't mean that they can't have value and that they can't show kindness to someone else or empathy to someone else. So the quote that I really like that I've been thinking about a lot lately is one from Mother Teresa, or Saint Teresa. Um, And she has famously said, wash the plate not because it's dirty or because you're told to wash it, but because you love the person who will use it next. And I think about this, obviously, you know, as I'm doing the dishes. I hate doing the dishes. You hate doing the dishes too. But if I think about you or Caleb eating off of one of those plates, it makes me want to wash it in a very different way because it's me showing love. And I think that this can apply to lots of things. Like at work, if you have a menial task that you're assigned with, Don't do it because you just have to get it done. Do it because you want to do it well for your team member or whoever's asking you to do it and you want to make their lives a little bit easier. You know, do it, again, this all comes back to showing up for each other. So I think that's what I would focus on because I think sometimes at commencement speeches and in life at big moments of change, graduation, weddings, it's always like the the big ideas, the big things. But there's a lot of small work that needs to be done too that – when infused with love can have a big impact. So I think in our discussion of this, what we've come to is that when people try to impart wisdom or good ideas or something to inspire people, everybody's going to take something different. So maybe the best way forward for graduation speeches is humor. And so we'll leave you with this. I have two favorite speeches from years past The first is from Conan O'Brien, and the second is from Amy Poehler. Conan gave a commencement speech at Dartmouth a couple years ago, and Amy Poehler gave a commencement speech at Harvard a couple years ago. Both are very funny, so if you like to laugh, they're great. But they also tie in some really nice conventional wisdom. And so I think that those are worth checking out. And maybe maybe that's the perfect formula, is a little bit of humor, a little bit of realness, and 
a little bit of wisdom. You know what would be awesome? We don't have the, ca- the capability to do this, but I'm sure somebody somewhere has an algorithm that can. Wouldn't it be cool to like see all of the speeches from the past 10 years, for example, and like cross-reference them in some kind of matrix and see how many of them told you to do a certain thing? Like Oprah's like, make your bed in the morning or like always eat breakfast. Like how many of the speeches said – always eat breakfast. Like, is there one thing that if we were all doing would solve all the problems? You know what I mean? I would be very curious about that. I think eating breakfast is a good start. It's the most important meal of the day. Yeah. All right. Teasers. Mine is short tonight, and it's only sort of pop culture related, but I wanted to give you a tip if you haven't figured this out already. We were gifted a Google Home, one of those smart speakers, competitor to Amazon and Apple, So we put it in our kitchen. One day I was feeding our baby. Maureen was out of the house. I think she went out to dinner with some friends. We normally have Google play us some music during dinner. Caleb usually requests music. Yes. Caleb is really into Baby Beluga right now by Rafi. And the Wiggles. And the Wiggles. But anyway, for some odd reason, I asked Google to tell me a riddle on this particular night. And let's just say I was really surprised at the response. So if you have a Google Home and you have some time to spare, give it the old, okay, Google, tell me a riddle and enjoy. Maureen, your teaser for this week. My teaser for this week is Younger, season five, which is currently out. Um, So I think there are four episodes in. I just watched the most recent one. It stars Sutton Foster. And the premise is that she is in her 40s, but she's pretending to be in her 20s to get a job and then she gets the job and then you know hilarity ensues it's really good this season is particularly like you know some crap is hitting the fan so to speak um but the thing that i found particularly funny about this week's episode was that sutton is acting opposite her ex-husband christian borrell who she was married to from 2006 to 2010 and they play like love interests and i was like you know i don't i i mean i can't imagine acting with an ex so good for her for um doing that and i guess they've remained friends but i just i was kind of tickled by that i thought it was funny and it was created the show was created by darren Starr, who also created sex in the city did Which you know is, that i didn't know that well now you know now you know that will do it for this week thank you so much for listening we will be back next week with a brand new episode in the meantime you can reach us by email the podcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Feel free to send us anything that you think we should mention on our podcast or that we should check out. We're always looking for new shows, new music, new movies, new books. And if you have any questions for us, we'd be happy to answer them on the podcast. We will be back next week. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.